Hey, everybody, it's John, and thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks our way so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right. Hey, y'all. It is five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. I'm John Hall. Hello. How are you? You know, I'm doing all right. I'm 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 enjoying life. I'm enjoying the beers that I've been drinking. I'm enjoying late summer. Yeah. The <laughs> show. Eh. But everything else is <laughs> really pretty great. Oh, so mean. But um so we at the top of the show you should say the nice things because you say nice things so much better than I do. But Kennedy had a baby, so he, he is not here. Um, and we do not have beers, <laughs> which makes me uniquely sober for a second episode of the day. But you've been sipping on on sweet, yeah, sweet, you're, sweet beers. You're, right? you're lost, man. Uh, I am currently drinking Ecliptic Brewing's Japanese style rice lager because I don't know if you know adjuncts are all the rage among craft brewers these days. They, they can't get enough corn and rice and uh, everybody is making their Sapporo clones. And this one from uh, we've had, I think we've had John Harris on the show from, from ecliptic. Um, he, uh, he, he makes tasty lagers and this is, this is one of them. I'm glad you have a tasty beer. Yeah. Um, but so Cass let's... is here. Yo, yo, I too have a tasty lager from Cass, our, our friends Cass, who I, who I got to hang out with on vacation. Oh yeah. By yeah. the way, Wait, Cass forgot me about this. You, almost yeah, forgot about that. You distracted on, me from the thieves for yet another minute. It's always I funny was, when we torture. I was on Long Beach wait. Island for, for a week oh. with the family. That was when we recorded the Cialetti show. And uh, Cass, Cialetti. Cialetti. He, uh, Cass was on the island as well. And he, he e-biked over. <laughs> like, the, like, the, like the stand-in hipster that he is these days he e-biked over after having a couple of mojitos and uh we sat in the backyard and we we drank some beers and i was doing a low country boil for the for the family for the big extended family and uh, we hung out with my brothers for a little bit and i invited him to to break bread with us and he said he had better plans <laughs> I, I had i had pork tacos to get to I saw Cass on Thursday night, but I was wasted. So I, yeah, I, 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 oh, yeah, crashed, the, I crashed the party. The employees only. Uh, yeah. Carton I just party. invited nice. myself. Dude, he was not invited. <laughs> I back, I back, I back channeled, uh, you know, yeah. I hit up Zoe and I said, I'm coming. There it is. Yep. That's well, how that goes sometimes. That's how that goes. Maybe sometimes. I'll, maybe I'll see you before the end of this calendar year, Augie. Who the hell knows? Uh, um, more recently than seeing you, I've actually seen our two accomplices today well then why don't i've seen them within the the last month you take you take it from orpheus brewing in atlanta georgia jason pellet and chris hendrick are here and they are 
not only making tasty beer in Jason's case, but uh, running excellent tap rooms in the case of Chris and fellas, welcome. This is this is nice to be talking with you. Thanks for having us. It's been a dream of mine to be on this show for a long time. <laughs> You're so full of shit. You're <laughs> so <laughs> full of shit, Jason. Such a tale. Such yeah. a tale. So I'm in the tap room. I'm visiting Atlanta last month uh, doing book stuff. And I stopped by like, Jason's by place By the way, first. I have a podcast or 12. I ha- uh, it's <laughs> plural. It's pronounced podcasts, plural. Mm. Thank you. Uh, and Chris, who listens to the show, uh, was asking me all about, you know, like, well, what's Augie like in real life? And is Cass really as cool as he seems? And I'm like, Cass is as cool as he seems. Cass is cooler um, and I'm worse. Yes. That's and, the right uh, and Augie's Jason, worse than he seems and Cass is cooler. And Jason goes, oh, you have a podcast? <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. What? It's, it's only been uh-huh. on for seven years, this the steal, this beer. And so I made this deal. I said, well, Chris can come on the show. And if you want, you can bring Jason along. And as soon as I got into the Uber to go down to Mitch Steele's place to uh, drink my weight in. Wait, West hold on. Coast you dropped that name. Let me pick that up for you. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I did that on uh, purpose. No, I got that. Yeah, no, I felt uh, that. I felt that. Because like, it's important. Drops the thunder of I it's was important with Mitch Steele. Because oh. I would have forgotten after all of the IPA that I drank with Mitch Steele that I told Chris that he could bring Jason onto the show. Uh, so I texted Justin and he made it happen and they're here. Well, well done team. The, Even Justin added value in this tale. This is a, this is a strange tale indeed. So um, now it's your turn to pick up some slack. So yeah, fuck me. And launch it and, 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 and do could, what you do best, baby. I could be in a bubble bath right now. So here's the problem. You know, there's nothing I like more on this show than trying to stretch some joke about nominative determinism. And we have a guy whose name is Pellet. So I just want to make all kinds of citra hop jokes. And did you did you know from the minute you realized what a hot pellet was is where you're going to go? But I suck at these jokes. So I've already given up on it. Oh, yeah. No, but, that's but I that's where I wanted to go. You know me. I but we could ask Chris about gin. I'm not funny enough. Really? Gin. I want I want to talk more. So so we've had Orpheus on the show at least once or twice. Right. I remember oh, I, I know Orpheus. Yeah, I don't mean the people, but I know Orpheus is as maker of sours and blended sours and stuff like that. But you said they make barley wines. So I'm going to ask, them what that. do you guys say you do? Is it both? Is one of us wrong? Talk us through it. What do you get? What do you guys claim the mission and accomplishment of Orpheus is? I'd say broadly, it was when I started thinking about opening this brewery. 10 years ago is make the beers that I was excited to drink that nobody around here was making, uh, which meant making big barrel aged stouts and barley wines. And especially like I really opened this place to make Lambic. I mean, yeah, that's what I knew. Yeah. So and I mean, how's that back. going? If there's no way that's you say 10 years ago, that's what I want to do. That's that's what all the kids are buying these days. So I imagine this has worked out nicely for you. It's, you know, that, that side of things, it fluctuates year to year, how much demand there is and how it fits in the schedule and the grocery store beers that we had to focus on because we opened in Georgia when you couldn't sell beer directly. Oh, right. Yeah. So. I'm, 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 I am sensitive and, and a, an understander of shitty state laws about how, how the beer business works. Um, At least we've only gone forwards here. Yeah, yeah no, we, we started we're, from a really bad place, but only in the good direction so far. Well, we're, we've decided to go backwards because yeah. Jersey. 
Um, but let's not dwell on that. Let's get back to you guys. But seriously, like, so every now and then, so I'll always chase a terrible idea. Like, I'll make a beer called Canoe, um, and 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 make a three point two percent cream ale with a picture of John Hall on the can, and sell one can to John Hall, who can't even afford the rest of the case. And just live with Hurtful. that beer because Hurtful, I thought, first of all, I thought I, I just choose, a- I, I choose to spend my money elsewhere. <laughs> I think it means you need another podcast, John. That's right. One more <laughs> podcast. But I, I guess I guess where I'm going with that is and then I'll be like, fuck it. Who gives a shit? It's our anniversary. Let's do a barley wine. And then the barley wine sells out in seven fucking hours. And you're like, should we make more barley wine? I don't know. Ugh. So but when you say big ass barrel stouts and barley wines and sours i'm like well that's what everybody's drinking is that not the case down there in georgia well it's you know it's one of those things where you know the barley wines sell they all sell really well to a more limited number of people i mean even when you feel like that stuff's popular that's still very niche yeah i guess that's that's right fair enough fair enough yeah if you're not making 30 barrels of it you can sell it all yeah, I mean, we're not trying to, it's kind of a fantasy. We're not really trying to do the revolution thing of sticking barrel-aged barley wine cans and, you know, grocery store shelves. <laughs> there, there is a market for barley wine, though, and I feel like it's spread out and then concentrated in uh, uh, that group that Alex Kidd runs. And when I was down there, you had just gotten one of his long 19,000-word I'm going to cram in every obscure cultural reference while talking about your beer in, in, in heady terms. Just um, so you know, two millennials, those references aren't obscure. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I love well, as, as Gen X, I just find it fucking look, exhausting. Look here, old man. So, okay. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm you would ha- just I'm, urban dictionary these words, you'd totally understand. Them. I'm happy to live where I do <laughs> in the generational chain. I'm more than okay. happy to live where I do in the generational chain. But you had just gotten a, 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 a screed from him uh, when I was down there. Is there a bounce that comes with that type of thing? Or is it just brewer good feelings in the in, in the cockles of your brewer heart? You know, I used to because he, he, he would even talk about it years ago about like the bounce that people would get. And sometimes, you know thinking about not reviewing something that he wanted to stay available. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to send him my beers and maybe that'll happen. And uh, it never did. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we just finally created beef with Alex kid. (laughs) (laughs) It's like for for years, what he said about about Orpheus is like, it's like weird. It's just so easy to get. (laughs) <laughs> there's no hype around it at all you can just walk in and get it um isn't that okay that's actually i i'm not sure that it was the best business decision um but from the beginning that was there was already you know eight years ago a lot of breweries really trying to create limited beer hype and i was like you know what i just want to make beer for people to drink and so from the beginning, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do a single barrel stout. I'm going to blend a bunch of barrels and kind of gone the yeah. opposite direction at this point. I actually do a lot of single barrel stuff, but, um, you know, purposefully, I guess, didn't try to build hype around ex- exclusivity. Now, let me ask you a question about that, because because I agree with you. I, I was one of those guys who 
when we went to a fest and I'd see long lines at other tables, I would get upset with the service at the tables. I'd be like, they're talking too much. They need to serve the beer faster. You don't want lines. This is hospitality. This is service. Give the beer out as fast as you can. When you run out of beer, stop, you know, stop serving beer, but don't make a line. Right. And it was explained to me that that line would then sell hundreds of thousands of gallons of beer down the road. And I was like, well, fuck lines. Lines are terrible. I would never wait on a line. We shouldn't have a line. That being said, I did watch a great trend over the. So I started a little before you. I opened an 11. But I think around what you're talking about, 14, 15, 16, is what I really saw the line be getting the line culture happening. Right. That being said, I feel like COVID really sucked the life out of that bullshit. And at least for us, because I don't know how much you know about us. I don't. It doesn't matter. But we make really weird little shit. We make really, you know, really hype styles, but don't hype them. And we make really basic fucking beers. But at COVID, like delicious cream ales that have cartoon renderings of. But I suppose what I'm saying is coming. Through COVID, what we saw was people really leaning into our the ones we hadn't ever let get hyped. The ones that are just, we make them. They're always going to be there for you. Get them whenever you want. You know what I mean? We think this beer needs to be exist so it exists. We make enough that you won't run out of it. Just drink it and the rest will be fuckery. Those are the things that kept us alive through COVID. I'm wondering if you saw that since that had been your approach leading into COVID. You know what I mean? Are you making enough that that pay off when people are like, well, we know Yaz will have it. Let's go there. Yeah, well, I don't mean Yazoo. I mean Orpheus. Sorry, that's a beer <laughs> I was just talking about. I love Yazoo. It's a beer Sorry. that I was just drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, but go on. Yeah. Um, I, our, our COVID period was kind of weird. I mean, everybody's was in a way, but um, so that's something we did went pretty hard on early in COVID was. We had actually just started doing 16 ounce cans, which I hate. I wish we had never started, but we did start doing this. All on certain releases. And when it came to, and that was just going to be for limited release stuff. And then like COVID hit, I was like, okay, so packages, what we're doing, we're already doing grocery store stuff. So like really pushing the limited release 16 ounce cans and distro and just starting to do like two new, mainly big fruited sours out in distro every month and i was just after about a a year of that i was looking at our tap room at the tap list and we have all the barrel age stuff which is fun to have around but i'm not going to sit there and drink pints of that and then i realized the rest of the menu is just bullshit oh don't (laughs) say that well i mean i it's not all the rest of the list but i was like what do i even want to drink here anymore and that's yeah you can't have that and so um basically changed um we we cut a whole lot of that stuff and and realized that a lot of the decisions on what beers we were making was because we had that 16 ounce limited beer skew that there was a certain price point there's only so many kinds of beers you can sell for like 16 dollar four packs so it's uh you know much harder to get away with doing some cool lager Hold on. Let me ask a question. Let me ask a question along the way. Um, when you say fruited sour, because because keep in mind when we were talking about the the inception of Orpheus, we were talking about lambics. When you say fruited sours, you mean smoothie. 
I mean, and not, I actually always dried them out, but you know, the canned hyper fruited stuff. I, yeah. I, I Florida vice. Yeah, I, I can yeah. never actually go quite that far. Um, <laughs> I them out. They cleared, you know, I'd get, I'd get untapped reviews, like not enough sediments. Right. Right. That's amazing. So, so I, I, I love that it. there are neckbirds out there that are qualifying beers on sediment amounts. That is, dude, so, it's 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 insane. So uh, I realized part of my problem was that I we were doing these kinds of beers, but I, I can never also make myself fully commit to them. So I get that. Yeah. So I so I got to tell you, I so I just did a beer with our local. Mag- do you know magnify brewing they're they're kind of wonderful God, you are riding this but, dude, good lord this has been like three john months hall, worth john of hall shut the fuck up you're going to enjoy the story anyway so these guys do that but they do it because they love it like it, it's they're not being that you know that jaded cynical approach that we were just talking about like they, they think it's wonderfully fun and exciting but yeah. so i did one with them where i let them where i let where i came up with a candied ipa with licorice in it i wanted to make and let them really fuck around on their side of the thing they did in their house but while i was there tasting their beer with them for the first time they told me they thought i used a really dignified amount of licorice <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was like there's a sentence that will never happen again and probably should have never been said. Wow. But yeah, I, I thought that was worth sharing before John wrote over it. Uh, I wanted to bring Chris into the conversation because because it's his show, man. It is. Chris, Chris is Chris is the one who I like was excited to be here. until, And this is this is always the case, right? People are excited to come on to the show until they actually come on to the show. And then mm-hmm. they're immediately turned off and stop listening. Um, I don't believe that's the case. I'm fairly confident that that's the case. I don't think that's the case. But all right. So, Chris, your job, if I remember correctly, you're you're managing the tap room, right? You're you're there with the people. That's right. Okay. Is there, given the, the, the range of beers that you guys have and some of these barley wines and everything, can you tell based on the first order or the first glass that somebody orders, like, where they fall in the beer spectrum. Like if somebody is immediately like, oh, I want this barley wine. You're like, okay, strap in. They're going to be rolling out the door in a couple of hours. Yes. Yes, I can. Um, (laughs) You know, like sometimes people will come through and you can tell that they know who we are and they know exactly what they want. And uh, yeah, I know kind of like the, Buckle up, because these guys, uh, they're along for the ride. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, like a lot of times I'll get somebody that comes in and, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll start with a Pilsner. And I'll be like, whoa, all right, you, I think you know what you're looking for. So, uh, and uh, they'll be like, tell me, tell me what Orpheus is all about. And that's probably probably what I enjoy doing the most is entertaining that guy. Now, now tell me per the context of all our discussion, when that guy comes in, is your pride and brand slash the creativity of the single barrel stuff there? Are you trying to get him there or are you happy to let him live in his sensible beer drinking style? Are you like, 
Yeah. And then are you, are you working him over four or five towards a single barrel barley wine that will change his life forever and he'll never come back? Or are you like, come on, bro, have a couple after work beers? Oh, no, no, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to change his life. OK. All right. So how do you build? Give, give me a tasting. Let's say I walk in and I'm like, what pills do you have on? How are you getting me all the way to 23 month old cognac barrel aged all Maris 12 Plato goodness? Um. I'm going to say baby steps. <laughs> so the session barley wine first. Yeah, yeah. that's where you start. Let's, let's yeah. let me give you my 3% barley wine. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like uh, I'll throw them a, a sample or two, leading them down the direction that hopefully it's something that uh, I'm helping them discover. But a lot of times they've already discovered it. They just need to rediscover it. And uh, I'll slowly work them over to what I want them to, to drink and say, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, yes, it is. All right. So Jason, mm-hmm. if Chris is doing his job, which of your beers, and I understand we're all small brewers, we have a million, but let's just say in your tasting room right now, which of, which of your beers do you want him getting in this guy's face? And what impression do you want that guy leaving with of Orpheus in general? Okay. If one, if Chris has done his job perfectly, I mean, I, I'd say the beer that I, I enjoy the most seeing people get excited about is probably Everything Lasts Forever, which is our like four year uh, or three or four year depending on the blend, uh, like goose. Wow! Nice. See, yeah, that's what I want to hear. Fruited sour. Damn it. Um, Tell us about that. So that, I mean, we started doing, um, I got our cool ships in 2014. So it's just clunker dairy. I don't even know what they were originally for. They're not these fancy built as cool shit ones that all the kids have now, but uh, uh, these damn kids today. I know. And I, I had people selling, uh, well, it's not really a cool ship because they point to some other breweries. I'm like, I, you think the original, you know, Ken Grossman's brew house wasn't really making beer because it was dairy tanks. <laughs> so, well, um, obviously everybody knows that. Right. <laughs> so, so, um, but so we, we started our spawn stuff in 2014 and, um, and, you know, kind of, so are uh, let let me let me guide this a little. Are you starting fooder size out of that cool ship and then blending down, or are you going right into wine barrel size stuff along the way? It's all wine barrel size. Got it. I, I really like the control of. I mean, if we were much bigger, blending from fooders makes sense. You know, if you're going like Dre Fontaine and output, but um, I think the the control of the blend from smaller barrels is really critical. Yeah, I like to I like to give about six to eight months in a fooder and then move down to barrels for the next year and then move on. But I, you know, you know, I, I actually think- it wasn't really on purpose. We I think it was a accidental. It was a scheduling mishap. We were supposed to have some emptied barrels, um, and that just didn't happen. So we ended up with some uh, cool shit beer that had to get transferred out of the cool ship the next day. I was like, shit, we don't have barrels to put it in. So it went into a tote 
and ended up just because it was out of the way. It sat in the tote for a few months and before it went into barrels. And th those barrels have actually all been great. So um, something about the bulk, the bulk fermentation yeah. may have actually been good for it. I'm not sure. We haven't really done that since then. Well, let's do it again. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, so now are you serving it as as clean goose i know we're not supposed to use that word hall don't come down on me but are you serving it as clean goose or are you i have no, i have no oh. problem with that sure sure, I, sure I wasn't part of that whole method traditional so i when i talk to people about it i'll use lambic and goose um just because it's way more simple i don't put it on the labels though yeah no i i agree with you but you know what i mean in the parlance those right. are, of our times yeah I mean, those, I, those are ways to communicate the idea right i mean they're on i put them in untapped as lambic mm -hmm. um, just i don't know but automatic I two star i know <laughs> not enough it's not tough, enough, though, not enough not, I, you have to write a lot on the label to really say what it is if you're not going to say it's lambic like nobody actually ended up knowing what method traditional was Right. Uh, that no. really didn't catch on. And I think that actually really came out like at the end of the I think we're we're post American um the hype around Lambic. I think that's that's done. At this point it's back to just the couple of people who really care about it are doing it. Um so now yeah. yeah. Go on, John. You had a well, no, I, I, I want it because I would be excited and I was excited when we were talking about Lambic and Goose when I was there. Um, and, and I think I am part of that small group that, that, that you're just referencing. But we don't often have folks on the show that deal with the general public or interact with a deal is, is, is that's acting like we don't want to be around them and we don't. But that's fine. Um, so, Chris, are people coming in? And ordering beers, do you see them checking Untapped before they're they're placing orders? I'm, I'm I'm always just curious about like consumer habits. And Chris is on the front lines of this, and that's why I'm trying to dive a little uh, bit deeper on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I will see some. I will see some people looking at my menu and referencing their cell phone, and I know what they're doing. Um, that's a little frustrating, actually. Um, like. So we had recently released like a, a new IPA and um, we were doing an event. And that day, Jason was nice enough to sample this IPA for, you know, this large group of people that we had in the tap room and it, it wasn't on untapped. And then like, uh, I would say probably about 15 minutes afterwards, my phone started dinging about people that were checking in certain things on untapped and I opened that up and I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> here we go. Somebody else has described our beer for us. This is great. Um, so I mean, it's I Jason's fault. First of all, let's, let's... <laughs> no, it's Chris's fault for not getting it in before he let Jason make the speech. Oh, look at that. Brewers unite. My goodness. That's how it works, man. That is tasting room people got to be square before they open the fucking door. Uh, I'll, all right, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> but, um, Jason, I, you're welcome. I, thank you. 
this is like, oh, we're going to have to do HR. We're going to have to have a conversation. <laughs> Fuck it all. Reviews were coming up. Yeah. Chris, now it's just. You, Chris, you get notifications when people check into our beers. Uh, yeah, I, I enabled them in the app. Oh, God. <laughs> i feel like we're I mean, bridging a big gap here front of house yeah I, house. I, I, this this is one of the reasons that chris is not okay is that, that he's enabled you're, notifications you're probably not paid enough to <laughs> for every we just got we just got chris a big raise um so I, all right so let me this is going to be tough because there's no way everybody read it, but did anybody see all worse article in Birvana that nobody knows what a session IPA is? Yes. I think I read the Twitter discussion about it. I don't know that I ever actually read the article. <laughs> Not the I mean, well, first of all, thanks for your support of journalism. So, Second so, of all. Yeah. So, and, and so, so, so I boat is branded as session L. So oh. obviously, so obviously when Allworth writes something like that, it grabs my attention, but his basic case in that article is it's a British term that nobody understands. And all of us are being way too geeky, assuming people know what it means and we need to get rid of all those terms. And then this discussion we were just having about method traditional was one of those discussions to try to streamline things, but going further behind the, the paywall of beer knowledge, because how can you explain to somebody what meta traditional is if they don't know what Guza is? You know what I mean? So, Chris, do you feel that do you feel that you find how much of your job is taking what Jason's doing and finding a simple lay way to describe it? You know what I mean? When we say things like fruity and people come in the tasting room and say, but it tastes like beer. How how smooth have you gotten at explaining that fruity for beer does not mean fruity like Kool-Aid? You know what I mean? Like, like how how do you ha- have you found a way to do that? Do you find how much of that is your job? Um so I always try to read the person that I'm speaking with. And a lot of times uh let's just say I I, I lose. <laughs> So, um, but I always try to, I always try to like uh, read who I'm speaking with and then help them kind of learn what I'm trying to say to them. Right. That makes sense. Um, so well, all we're seems to be suggesting what we need is easier words. And my, if he were on the show right now, I'd be like, dude, when we say things like evocative of plums, Half the word, half the world hears the word plums and gets mad. It doesn't taste like plums. So how do we meet them in the middle? Because when we fucking write plums, well, you give them a dictionary. And but what you end up with is anything with IPA and it gets anything with hops and it gets branded as an IPA because you're trying to be less geeky. And then all we're writing the article that says be less geeky. So I'm asking Chris, what have you found that is less geeky, but still translates what you want them to know? You know what I mean? And I, I'm asking you because this is where John's decided I should torture you on this show. And I'm happy to do it for John's pleasure. But what you know what I mean? Like, like, is there any solution here? Is there any way to meet in the middle on language that still speaks in terms of beer flavored beer? But helps curate without being, you know, being so, like without 
without having to have read Designing Great Beers. All right. Yeah. So what I tend to find is that if it's necessary, I'll drink the beer with, you know, with the patron and I'll describe it for them as I'm drinking it and what I'm feeling and what I'm tasting. I like it. With them. And if I've done my job correctly, they are on that journey with me. Okay. Do you find people connect? Um, well, first of all, I think you just cost yourself that raise we just got you. Because if, if your job is drinking beer all day, you don't need more money. But anyway, um, false. anyway, um, false. Because you pointed that out. <laughs> false. Damn it. Yeah. But, um, 100% but do false. You find, yeah. Do you find a Mac? Because, you know, there, there's the part of the imagined flavors that John and I do on the show. Like it reminds me of this and that connects to this in my brain. Do you find that works or do you find it's it's better to just stay in a catalog of like on the flavor wheel flavors like crispy and da 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 da? You know what I mean? Or do you find it's more fun? Do you find it's more fun to be like pluots? So I actually um, I stole it from your show. (laughs) When I'm drinking it, I will, you know, I'll tell people like when I'm drinking this, I see myself on a boat or I see myself like in a grassy field before a concert, you know, I'll, you know, I try to get them to, uh, like I said, be on the journey with me. And, uh, I stole that from you guys. And Chris, Uh when they start to describe what they feel the beer is like, do you just talk all over them? Hell no. You might want to try it on their journey with them. You might want to try it. It works really well. Yeah. You know, Uh, you know what upsets me because, you know, John looking for his jab because he's four beers in. But what I was going to say to you is what upsets me is if that's the answer, if that's one of the things I've been trying to solve a carton for the last 11 years, and the answer is write a sentence for the person, I would be so mad that you had to tell me that on this show so I could bring it back to my own brewery to solve my own fucking problems. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So just very quickly, then, would you please write the sentence for over and over and over? Oh my goodness! Where do I see myself when I drink that? Yeah. Wait. Tell me what gonna, it is, because I over and over forever. and over is pineapple and vanilla with a hint of jalapeno, sour slushy, seven point five percent ABV. But, uh, seven dollars right. for eleven point two ounces. Do you want to talk about the slushy, or you want? To no, I just I want you to write the sentence. Where, like, where are you going to drink over and over and over? Pineapple and vanilla with a hint of jalapeno, sour slushy, seven point five percent ABV. Well, when I drink over, over, and over the slushy, I tend to see myself not necessarily on the beach, but one block off the beach, in the shade, enjoying my life. Oh, oh, Jason, same question to you, but summer bird, strawberry and guava with a hint of mint, sour slushy, four point five percent APV. I'll admit that I, I didn't drink either of those slushies. <laughs> Jason, you're my new favorite brewer. We are going to brew. What I yeah, want you to wrap awesome. your head around for the next couple of weeks, till, till I can get that, till I can get down there to brew with you. I want to, I want you to wrap your head around a gentlemanly edition of red licorice. <laughs> <laughs> Augie, if you do get down to Atlanta and you need me to introduce you to Mitch Steele, let me know. Oh, he's a good guy, that Mitch Steele. Anyway, go on, Jason. 
Uh, so you can't write your sentence. Let's talk about the beer you do love. So let, let's. <laughs> we were talking before. What was it? Forever, everything. Everything what lasts forever. Everything lasts forever. I mean, that. Tell us about that beer and tell us where it should be drunk. Let's do that. That, that should be drunk in a sidewalk cafe while eating oysters. So, what kind of beer is it? I was under the impression it was a barley wine. You like barley wines with oh, oysters? No, every, you got me. Forever. Sorry, everything lasts forever is the the goose. Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. You, you did say that. I'm sorry. Okay, got it. That makes a lot more sense to me. I was like, go on with this barley wine with the pairing. Tell me more, sir. <laughs> well, the meteor's headed towards Earth, and there's no time left. So all bets are off, and it's just barley wine and oysters now. Yeah. Now we have to make now we have to make an oyster barley wine. If you can make an oyster stout, you can definitely make an oyster oh, barley wine. I think that wine. actually be I think that would be great. I'd be That's, curious about that. Well, it's so it's not hard, right? You're just putting you're just putting calcium into. No, I understand. I'm just an all Maris bill. Could be fun. It could. I'd fuck with that. I'd fuck with that. Remember, I've done a clam ale because I think clam shells and oyster shells aren't different. So I'm happy to play this game with you. I think that'd be good. Actually, I've been meaning to do a smoked barley wine for a while. Attaboy. Yeah, Jack. Now you're talking our language. There we go. I think some uh, oyster in that would be great. Welcome to this week in Rauk beer. <laughs> Sorry, did um, I just jump podcast? Holy shit. Yeah, you just switched on us. Is that even really a podcast? I can't tell anymore. Once a year, it's a podcast. It's the most popular podcast once a year. Um, I'd be curious about, yeah, a smoked oyster <laughs> barley wine. I mean, you know, just smoked oysters are great. So they are. You get some of that like caramelization, like it was grilled or. All know. right. So this I, is. Wait, wait, this wait. Is wait, wait. Where, I, I no, because I'm going to ask you the question, though, because this is where my. I don't God have the brewer it. brain, though. There needs to be some sort of flavor that ties it together. I'm thinking about like. So, all right. So hold on. And I, I will get into this, but I'm okay. going to go into the Orpheus catalog. Okay. You guys, you guys do a sour plum thing, right? Yep. Right, so I've I've been wanting to fuck with for a long time, and, and I'd like to give credit where it's due. Uh, this was inspired by something Finback did like ten years ago, and I can't remember exactly what they did, and I don't think they remember either. Going back to Pattinson's need for brew logs, but every time I bring it up, they're like, "I think we did something like that." But anyway, so what I've wanted to do for a while is have Have you guys ever lacto fermented fruit? Um, I've done it. I've been me- for cooking. I have. Okay, so then, then you then you then you have everything you need to actually do it. Like I, I've then you have everything you need. If you've done that much, you know. So one of the things I like to do is I try to get whatever fruit I can get fresh from a farm in spring, and I like to lacto ferment the fruit first, and then add the lacto fermented fruit to lacto fermented beer down the road. I think it gives that the flavor, I think it gives complexity, and more importantly, the liquid after fermentation can be added to the beer to dial in directions. Right. So now you've got all the showed you everything you need to know about what I'm talking about. But I want to take plums and use a smoked sea salt as the lacto-fermentation salt ingredient. And then I want to add those plums to a beer. Yeah. So See, if, this, we do, this is where... if we do our oyster stout, right? And, I'm sorry, our oyster barley wine, and treat it as the idea of a stock ale, 
if we did a single barrel of this smoked plum lacto fermented guza and then blew, put it together with the barley wine as a stock ale, let whatever Brett's still alive in there dry out the barley wine, I think we end up with our oyster smoked plum okay. barley wine. See, we got there because I and I was trying to be nice to you, unlike the way that you've been to me for several weeks. Now. Well, because you keep but, attacking me, but I'm simply. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-way street motherfucker and but that is but see the, i knew that you could get us there and that's but the jason and can that's we the do thing, it and that's the thing that kills me but i know that when we start talking about one of these things you're going to have some sort of fun culinary idea that's going to get us there and that was what i was trying to so thank you that that yeah, is I'm my way that, of I saying think that thank would you. Fucking be fun, but just so you know, the project I just initiated, if we decide to do it, comes out in 2026. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, the meteors hit us by then, so <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. Good to have a dream when that happens, though. <laughs> but I, I, I'll definitely fuck with this beer if you want. I'll find plums. We're going into. Yeah, we're in almost uh, in plum season. and plum season. Yep. yep. I'll do. I'll get the smoked sea salt and the plums and I'll do that part here now. So we have them if we want to fuck around, but uh, that's not hard, right? That's just great. 50, 50 pounds of plums in my vacuum. Would this have by next week? So, so All right. Actually, so wait, all, Jason, what, what would I... this be able to be served at funk fest? Do you think, or is this going to be totally clean? I mean, if this was, I mean, this could go, well, what are was talking about was a blend with the wild stuff. So right. that's stock ale. Yeah. Um, which we've right. done stock ales, which I feel like I don't know. It's uh, people hate stock ale. Yeah, it's just, no, it's we've just, established, I, we established just that on me last and Rob Pattinson like actually, it. I made one once. Everybody, everybody hated it. <laughs> I've actually been surprised. We we have a stock ale, and Chris, this is just this is the fate of all heroes. Um, we have a stock ale that we've had on tap intermittently for the last several years, and. Um, it's like the same one. It's just, it's a slow mover, but people actually like it. You know, it's very different from everything else. Oh, boy. And sometimes I do worry about having it on the menu and people being like, what the fuck is this when they get it? But um, that's not normally the reaction. No. Good for you. I, I, uh, I tried it once and I was just told to shut the fuck up. So it's on my back burner. Who, who would ever tell you to do that? And also, Literally, why would you ever? Every single person on the show has said it at least once today. And so. when have you ever <laughs> listened to anybody? No, no, no. Except it's not that, that like it's that voice that in is, your head. Here's the problem with it. I will fight for my beers if I want to drink 10 of them. But even with the stock yell idea, I was done with two. Even with the two <laughs> devil the two devils on each of your shoulders, like yeah, tell you to keep no, going. Yeah, no, it's it's I've got to want to drink ten. Like I will fight for every one of my ideas. If when I drink it, I'm like, that's exactly right. That tastes right. We'll find the people. But I'm like, oh, that was fun. Moving on. I shouldn't have pushed harder. <laughs> All right. Hey, I want to ask Chris to write one more sentence because I know he listens to the show and he's excited. Jason doesn't give a shit, but like Chris, I, I feel bad that we didn't. This is like my beers. favorite show. You have your Chris. I have my Jason. Keep yeah. going. Uh, Chris, write the sentence for choosers of the slain. Pilsner 4.5% ABV. Ooh. Two blocks away from the beach. <laughs> 
Well, this one, this one is this is this is the the beer that you have while you walk to the beach. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a better. And, the, and then you just you put the can right in the recycle thing right at the end of the dunes. So uh, for me, Choosers is that beer that uh, let's say that like after I've been surrounded by beer all day and I've had to talk about beer all day, all sorts of different beers. To me, Choosers is my wind down beer. So I guess my yeah. sentence would be, um, you know, Choosers is where you want to see yourself when you find solace. Or solace. I like that. Yeah. It's funny you said it. So for me, when I'm trying to talk about Pilsners to people, I talk. By about, the way, I love that I had their their beer menu on my desk from my visit while we're sitting here. That's the only reason I'm doing this. Is you're nailing I it. Found it. I yeah. just figured you were on Untap, but well done. No, um, no, it's, I'm literally. I I literally have a paper copy. But what I like what I like about what Chris just said is when I'm talking about just beer in general and not you know not Carton or anything else, I'm like, well, what Pilsners do is make you stop being thirsty better than every beverage, including. Gatorade, like finish a sport and drink an ice cold Pilsner beer versus everything else. And it just makes you stop being thirsty. So if you've been talking all day, that's that's the right time to have one. Right. Sick yeah. of talking, want to unwind, have yourself a Pilsner beer. I like have that. You, have you found yourself sick of talking? Me? No, but I also drink Pilsner constantly. So I'm refreshed <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I actually meant that lovingly. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> been with you where there's been silence. Uh, yeah, well, you, you, you I mean, except except when we, we travel never together you to those parties. Well, no, except <laughs> when, I, when I'm like, when we're traveling together and I want I'm watching over you when you sleep. But like even then, oh, there's still a boy, lot of keeping mumbles. me safe. There's still yeah. a lot of mumbles. My brain does not stop. John Hall. There's no <laughs> off position on the Augie switch. There, there's a big difference between like work talking and other talking, though. Yeah. Oh, I've oh, never I'm worked. Actually... No, no, <laughs> no. Augie doesn't work. He's well, just naturally successful. It's, when we're doing events, it's maddening. <laughs> when we're doing events and stuff, and I'm going around talking, and it's fun in a way. It's events. People like the beer. That's all good. But man, that is exhausting talking. Then, like well, you know. Sitting in a bar talking, that's that's not hard. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Especially over tasty beers that we've been advocating for eight years and nobody would make like four and a half percent pilsners. Right. Or like, um, what are y'all drinking? <laughs> I, I opened some hair of the dog Adam today. Oh, yeah. did you? Nice, nice yeah, boy. That's lovely. So that's a, a great beer. About 20 minutes ago, I opened up a barn beer from uh evan because so not that it matters to you guys but i finished an 80 mile bike ride right before we jumped on i was a little dehydrated and was afraid if i really laid into any real beer i'd get in trouble but after talking for 40 minutes i was like a light crisp sour will be nice so i opened a bar beer did it did it do what you wanted it to do it's so fucking good, dude. I love it. You know yeah. that. No, I know that. Beer, that beer has spoken to me from the first time I tasted it. I'm never sorry that I have. I have. How long have I known Evan? Seven years. I've got seven That's years it? of barn beer tucked around this house. I met Evan on the show. What's barn beer? It's just Evan Watson of uh, Plan B Brewery. It's his beer 
I actually make a version of it called Planting Jersey, but it's entirely off his farm. Malt, hops, yeast. Yeast is cultivated from the beehive. Oh, cool. Wild beer. It's like any, I, I mean, he, he'll tell you, I think he claims it's like 4%, but having brewed with him and knowing, I'm betting you the variance is anywhere between three and six. Um, but it's just, it's fucking, it's just, it's a, it's a truly real beer. And it tastes like a place and it's light and it's clean and it, well, it's not clean, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's the crisp kind of funk beer. Can I very quickly just, I want to go back to the last time Evan was on the show, which I think was your birthday last year. Augie, well, we I, you know, I won't remember. You won't remember. Sure you won't remember this. For, for, yeah. Almost uh, sure. I end up with a head injury. You were, you were in concussion protocol for a couple of weeks after. <laughs> That's fine. But it was a two-parter and Evan was on and Evan told a story. You know how there's stories that stick with you in life and they just pop up in your brain at random times. And you just have to like chuckle or whatever emotion is appropriate for said story. We were talking to Evan about when he used to open for meatloaf. And this was after meatloaf had died. And we were telling a story about how Weber grills had sent out this really funny fucking email. And he was telling stories about meatloaf. And every once in a while, the story will pop into my head where he talks about meatloaf trying to use a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> and i'm just going to encourage everybody if you haven't heard this episode to go back uh and i think it was the second half of the show it, it, so it was a two-parter go yeah. back and listen was, to evan so it's, talk it's, about meatloaf what's, trying what's to funny about this is i think we might cannon. identify i think we might identify that show as a hillary show right so well, Hillary, uh, uh, Hillary and Evan were the two of Rabbit Hill Marbles on the show as it'll well. It'll be but November yeah. 21. Yes. But go back and just <laughs> just listen to it. <laughs> and it's just what it's just such a delightful story. And Jason, maybe that can be your first episode now that you've met us and been on the show and you clearly need to start listening. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Chris was there uh, with us all along. Chris, Chris is uh, when we look back on the ocean and we only see one set of footprints it's because Chris Karras- the sand the, sand, the yeah. sand there's never footprints in the ocean well um you don't all know. right all right well that well, let's end on john thinking we can leave footprints in the ocean uh gentlemen thanks for joining us this was a lot of fun i i i think we should do this more we should get tasting room people for hall and i'll talk to the brewers um this was this was a good time. So I'm sad we didn't have beers. I'm sure we don't have a letter because we don't have a Kennedy. So I think we jump right into if they want to visit you guys, either in person or on the lines. Where do they do all that? And then Cass, you're up. Yeah, well, we're OrpheusBrewing.com, but we're at Midtown Atlanta, um, right on the park. And it sounds like you got something for everybody. If you got milkshakes and fucking it's a, four it's year a, old, four Augie, year old, it's a, it's a three page tap list, mm. and it's it's a generous size font too. There's also a there's <laughs> so also, I can read it. Yeah, so I can read it. But there's also to go bottles. There's also to go cans. Nice. There's all sorts of things on here. There's a yeah, and yeah. we keep about thirty beers on tap. Generally, fifteen plus of those are barrel aged. Jesus. All right. I mean, well. there, there's there, there's a beer called Barrel Age City in the Trees that I drank that was a long boiled Doppelbach Ooh. aged in duality malt whiskey barrels. I mean, like, 
So it's funny, Jason felt so jaded, but he's clearly making exactly what he wants to make. Oh, yes. No. What Chris is making him make. Yeah, there's no, there's no board of directors that's dictating. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you've, one, made a Doppelbach at all, but then threw it in a barrel for a year, you're still fucking around the way you want to fuck around. Oh, no, totally. It's, <laughs> and it's actually, the, it's what, what I realized when I was looking at my tap list was, like, all this barrel-age stuff is fun, but I, I wasn't making enough, like, pub beers lagers not enough we started making a west coast ipa Um, did you make a cold ipa (laughs) you know i've almost done that a few times and i haven't um if you just call it an ipl it'll it'll stick around for a couple weeks i know i I, I found most of the cold ipas to be disappointing you guys should go listen to the all about beer podcast with them satter and don wait 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 wait. hold on hold on stop promoting yourself let me ask you a question oh i'm not it's not my and i don't know a lot about it but when people tell me what cold ipa is i'm like oh i just consider that an east coast ipa right it's a little bit of what it's mostly it's mostly pilsner with a tiny amount of um crystal or something and then chico yeast and 68 degrees and double dry hop. all right right have we I had mean, hey cast is that Kevin what you Davies understand this show? recipe to be who but, but all right never mind then i mean but like, i didn't hear the name there's too many people talking let As jason answer my question all right jason answer and then cast and i are going to have a conversation and then yeah well so i think like we have we've always done chico fermented in the low 60s so right. um that's what I'm saying. Like everybody's like, "Oh, it's crazy." There, I was like, "They're just fucking making." But I think, but who's doing? Who's calling that a cold IPA? I thought most people were actually doing like Wayfinder. Um, and that's Kevin Davy of like Wayfinder. A warmer fermented lager yeast. Oh, all right. So I, when I read the recipe, Gris Tops and all that, I didn't really look at what yeast they were using. But I was like, "It's just, it's just fucking." I, I so who was on the show? last week that had that used lager for their ipas oh is that when halfway crooks was on there yes. you go so I wasn't they invented on that show. cold ipa no kevin davies of no, kevin davies. Definitely wayfinder like of wayfinder out in portland oregon and what i'm saying is that augie you should listen to the all about beer podcast episode one with which has m souter who you love and don tess who you love even more Hosting I am a that big show. fan of it. Of I know. They have Kevin who invented that style or who is credited. No, no, with no. no he style. coined the term. Please don't say invented the style. He coined the term. Listen to the episode and then come back to me afterwards. I'll send you All the right. link when we're over. By the All way, right. before we let Jason go, because I've been whipping through this whole thing, uh, the, this, this tap oh, list, and I love it, and I love it. Drug John with a three-page nope, tap not list. Even, not even drug. Under the stout, under the stout heading. Uh, today I choose violence. So, J- uh, Jason, I want you to write the sentence for this one before we go. Imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with chilies, cinnamon, cocoa nibs, nutmeg, and vanilla, 13%. But the name is great in that today I choose violence. <laughs> write your sentence. Where where are you drinking that one? Uh, doom scrolling on Twitter. <laughs> and a boy. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. All right, I guess we're in there. Cass, how do they give us money so we can have beers next time we do this shit? Uh, Patreon.com slash steal this beer. Thank you, Patreons uh, that do donate. Uh, we, we do appreciate you. We do. I didn't get anybody beers this week or last week for that matter. Um, but rest assured, we will we will 
get the beers out. Follow us on all social medias at Steal This Beer. That's the Fache Libro, the Twitter, the Untapped, the Instagram. And write us letters, please. We want to hear uh, from you about anything related to beer or not. Or, or Steal This Beer Podcast or at gmail.com. All right, y'all. Thank you, gentlemen. It was really fun. Thanks, Jason. Thank you so much. We will definitely see you next time we're in New York or we're in Hotlanta. Get at us, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys.